Hey, it's Jay here from The Dive Table, and we're really excited about our dive clubs. And if you enjoy the show, we would ask you to become a sponsor and join one of our exclusive, all-inclusive clubs. There are three of them. The first one we're calling the Caffeine Pusher Club. This is really to buy Nick a coffee to keep his brain moving and to make sure that the content doesn't stink. The second club is our Tank Monkey Club, and this is to fill our tanks so that we keep on breathing underwater, which is important. And the final club is our High Roller Club, which is really buying us a couple tacos and keeping Nick and I living the high life. So if you enjoy the show and you're considered becoming a sponsor, go to thedivetable.com and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right corner. Or you can go to patreon.com backslash the dive table. Thank you to all of you that are considering this and thank you to all of our current patrons today. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner. With me, as always, is Nick Hogel. Nick, how are you doing? I, w- I would say today, but this is uh, volume two of something that we've been recording. So, how are you doing? Set up for volume two. I I think I'm ready to jump right in. We'll see how it goes. All right, and as always, producer Daniel is here, which must mean we are recording another episode of the show. And today we are in part two of Desert Island Dives. Desert Island Dives. You ready to jump in, Nick? Oh, let's giant stride right in, buddy. All right, Nick. So in the last episode, we were talking about that game, Desert Island Discs, and you know the, the CDs or albums or iPod, whatever it was that we would take with us. And we were working on the scuba version of that by tackling the question, what are six places you want to dive? And we ended up turning this into two episodes because, well, uh, you and I put, have microphones in front of our face and have the gift of gab, I think. So we, we only got the three each in the last one. And so now we're going to finish that up, clean that up, do our final three each, uh, which is funny because it's six places we would want to dive, but together it's 12. So I feel like oh. we're doubling the... Uh, the uh, the amount of value you get out there in scuba land listening to this today. So uh, a little reminder on the housekeeping. Remember, we, we have not prepped this together. So we're reacting to each other in real time, which means we might change our list halfway through based on each other's <laughs> list. Like I was the Galapagos last time in, in the last episode, I was like, maybe I want to cross out some of mine and add that one on there. Um, and then finally, these are non-binding, um, non-legal agreements subject to change at a whim. Um, we can't be held accountable to actually go and make these dives because other things might come up that seem cooler than the dives we mentioned now. So it's really a snapshot in time. Unless, and this is a big unless, um, you want to sponsor a dive trip for us. There. <laughs> you want to become a sponsor of a dive trip to the Galapagos. Hey, call us anytime. We're, we're down to go uh, do that and, and record from the Galapagos Islands. So uh, all right, so there's the ground rules. Um, we're going to finish this up, part two of our Desert Island Dives, uh, which is six places we want to go diving, um, that we would want to go diving is our last dive. So we left off on um, yours and I, uh, number three. Um, so why don't you kick us off, Nick, with what was number four on your list of Desert Island Dives? Okay, so <clears throat> if you remember... You left it off on the wreck, the Ariscany. So uh, one. Um, so since we're on the topic of wrecks, um, I'm probably going to go with a wreck, and I'm just going to read this little tidbit of information here. Um, so on February 17th, 1944, the U.S. Navy commenced Operation Hailstone, a combined air and ground attack that devastated the Japanese position at Truck, Truck, Chuck or Truck Lagoon, however you want to say it. Over the course of two days, American planes sank approximately 50 Japanese ships 
destroyed at least 250 Japanese planes and killed some 4,500 Japanese personnel. It is estimated that on one ship alone, 400 Japanese soldiers were stuck in the cargo hold and were killed. Um, so obviously there's a little bit of sad stuff there, but, um, Chuck or truck lagoon, however you want to call it. Um, I think the original name is Chuck, but some people call it truck lagoon, um, is actually the biggest graveyard of ships in the world. Um, so this is a place that, uh, I feel like, you know, once you kind of start getting into diving, you just hear about this place, um, uh, this was one of the main naval bases, obviously, for Japan. Um, and these dives range anywhere from about 60 feet up to 220, 230, 240 feet, some, something like that. Um, I know that, uh, especially when you were talking about the Oriskany, it's, it's definitely more of a technical dive. Well, I guess you can do it recreationally, but a lot of people will opt out to do it some sort of technically so they can spend more time and visit some of these wrecks. Um, I definitely do not know the names of all the wrecks. There's a lot of, a lot of famous wrecks there, but um, it's literally a ship graveyard. Um, and same as you were saying before, um, I'm not necessarily really big into wrecks, but to be completely honest with you, I've never really dove a wreck. I have seen a couple. Um, I think I've actually only seen one natural wreck where I was really excited because I'd never seen a wreck before. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have a wreck dive. And I was like, yeah, let's go do it, you know. And um, super cool. It was really cool. It was very, very um, like decomposing. It had been in the water for a long time. Obviously, if it's sitting in salt water, it's it's going to be it's going to it's going to take, you know, it's going to corrode. Things are going to go, you know, uh, just fall apart over time. So the wreck was really cool, but we weren't able to go inside of the wreck. Um, I'm definitely not trained for that. That's why I was just kind of like hanging outside of the wreck, but it was a very cool experience. Um, and here, you know, we always talk about Lake Travis quite a bit, obviously, cause we dive here quite a bit. Um, there is, you know, some, some sunken sailboats, little tiny sailboats here and there, nothing really major. There is a a big houseboat um, at one site in Lake Travis, not at Windy Point. You need a boat to access it. Uh, but I've never seen an actual ship graveyard where, no, this is where a huge battle happened. I mean, um, I think just growing up, one of my favorite topics was history. So just obviously going into these wrecks, there's going to be a lot of history. Um, just that little tidbit of information I, I read, found on a website, um, and you can do a lot of reading and, and find out a lot of information on Truck Lagoon. Um, I want to say I've met a few people that have dove there. It's in Micronesia, um, the part of the world, um, which I've just I, I remember the first time I've heard of Micronesia. I'm like, what is that? You know, I was living in Colorado and, and um, it's very seasonal. There's a lot of seasonal people come in for the winter and then they'll go and travel other places. And this guy was a surfer and he's like, oh, I want to go to. He's like, I go to Micronesia every time I leave here. And I'm like, what, what is that? And it's just always fascinated me. The name Micronesia it just sounds exotic and somewhere you, where you want to go. And um, as I got into diving, you know, you hear about Micronesia and I'm like, man, Truck Lagoon, that's definitely a spot that I would love to go. But I definitely, definitely think that it's going to be more once I get into decompression procedures and, and, um, I'm able to do it. You're also talking about a rebreather. I've, I've, I know a lot of people will opt to do that dive on a rebreather just because, so they can spend more time. Like, you know, you're going to these wrecks, you want to be able to go to, to some of these places. You know, I don't want to do the bounce dive where I just drop down for two minutes, see the, see the thing and then pop back up. You know, I want to go and spend time, maybe go and in, go inside some of these wrecks, um, get the training for it. I think it would just be absolutely amazing. And just, you know, from, from you listeners, you probably know the type of diving. I know I listed some cold water places, but, um, it checks off the boxes, warm water diving, um, just beautiful area, tropical. Um, I think too, if you watch some of the old Jacques Cousteau documentaries, I'm not sure if, I don't think he was the first person to dive it. He might have been, maybe, maybe someone can find that out about us or find that out for me. Um, but I think that would be an absolutely amazing place to go. I'm just really into the, the far away type destination places where it's not just like, Oh, it's a, 
you know, hour flight and then a 20 minute car ride. It's like, no, you actually have to travel to get to there and just, um, you know, they always say it's all about the the journey, not the destination. And um, just to be able to go on a trip like that, I think would be absolutely amazing. So, man, so this is the first time our lists have crossed each other's paths. Oh, so, yes, I had uh, I had uh, Chuck Lagoon on my list as well for a lot of the reasons that you just said. So, dive table trip. Um, yeah, you call like it you call it Chuck. Or truck, which one? Which one do you use, Chuck or truck? I mean, Chuck is the proper name for it, right? But a lot of people that end up pronouncing that in English call it truck and know it better as truck lagoon. That's T R U K, not T R U C K. Um, so <laughs> the <laughs> there's a bunch lagoon. of trucks down there. Ford, <laughs> Ford and GM yeah. <laughs> had a fight, and that's the remnants of it there. Um, but yeah, truck lagoon um, definitely on my list. The, the things uh, that I'll say that are maybe all, all the reasons you said uh, ditto, but to add maybe a little bit more for myself, um, the San Francisco Maru um, is, is a really interesting dive. Again, it, it kind of checks the boxes for me of being a very challenging dive um, and someone that you need to plan out and you need to um, think through and adapt. But uh, it, it's probably the most famous out there uh, because it has three tanks with guns still on the deck. Um, but they start at a depth of 170 feet. So, again, your, your trimix or rebreather at this point, uh, it's a technical dive with deco obligations. Um, and so, you know, you're planning that. Uh, but uh, the San Francisco Maru is one of the ones that, that stood out to me as something that I would like to go see there. There's also a bomber called the Betty Bomber that's still there. Um, and this is a lot shallower. It's, it was nicknamed the Flying Cigar, I think, because uh, the guns <laughs> lit up uh, as, it, as it fired. Uh, I think it's around 70 feet, 60, 65 feet, somewhere around there. Um, but what's interesting about that dive is that uh, the, the site that's at 65 feet of the Betty Bomber, it actually lost, I think, its nose and, and its engines and, and wingtip. Um, and so it creates another dive site, um, which is at 325 feet, <laughs> um, uh, away from the deck. Uh, I'm sorry. It's 325 feet away from the wreck itself. So it would be really interesting to kind of put the pieces together, um, you know, yourself and, uh, be able to dive those things. Um, there's also, uh, an old, um, sunken submarine called the, I think the Shinohara, um, if I'm pronouncing that, probably pronounced that the wrong way, but um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a dive. You can't actually go into the, you cannot, um, make sure I'm clear, go into the submarine, um, but you can, I would love to dive uh, a submarine. I, again, like Rex, maybe Rex are interesting to me. I just don't don't know it, but uh, but these seem really interesting um, places to, to go see and uh, I mean, I think there's just so many different things to 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 go uh, and and see within that area, um, and there's lots of animals, there's lots of, of things to see. So, I'm going to uh, to double up. Maybe this, maybe our listeners are only getting eleven now <laughs> because we uh, <laughs> we are doubling up on this. Um, but uh, but there are so many different wrecks and so many th- different things to see. Uh, Truck Lagoon is definitely on my uh, on my list. Was on my list. So yeah, we, no, and, we doubled and, our number four. <laughs> um, and like I said, to be honest, um, I, I haven't dove a, a, a absolutely amazing wreck, and and I can't wait um, for the first time that I get to and that experience that you'll get knowing. Um, just the historic value behind that. Like, oh, this was sunk. People lost their lives. This, this is this is here not intentionally. Uh, this is the final resting place. You know, there, there's got it's it's you know no pun intended. It's got to be pretty deep. You know, <laughs> just like internally, you know, feeling like man, this is this is you know worse. People lost their lives. This is this is an area. This is essentially a graveyard, and um, you know, not not to be morbid or anything, but you know, there's there's history. Um, I, I hope one day. Uh, I hope one day. I don't. I'm pretty sure you can't, but I hope one day maybe maybe they'll open up Pearl Harbor and we could go and dive there. There's a lot of historic value there. I know there's a lot of 
people that lost their lives there. That's a very historic event. So it'd just be kind of cool to go and pay my respects uh, in, in sort of different wreck areas, um, which oddly enough kind of like make some other make some other uh, areas pop and pop in my mind. Like, oh, I think it would be cool here. I know there's for some reason, I think there's a lot of wrecks off of the coast of like New Jersey or the, the, the Northeast. I hear there's a lot of wrecks, too. And um, I'll probably stay away from there because the water is pretty cold. But um, no, tr- Truck Lagoon is definitely uh, I just remember hearing about it multiple times. And the people that go, they're always just like, man, this is an absolutely amazing dive if you get a chance to go. Um, and I believe that that's also one of those places that you have to access via liveaboard. It's not just flying in and then going a 20 minute boat right off of an island. I might be completely wrong. Um, somebody fact check me on that, but I believe if to be able to to access some of those places, you're going to have to to go via liveaboard. So, um, so yeah, and since the whole idea. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, the whole idea there of uh, of Jacques Cousteau. The just to circle back to that, you know the. Uh, it was in 1969, and Jacques Cousteau filmed an expedition to Truck Lagoon. Before that, it was known as a historical World War II site, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, obviously sport diving wasn't super popular yet in 1969. It was getting there. Uh, it was just at its beginning, right? But uh, the the um, expedition that was filmed was called Lagoon of Lost Ship, uh, Lagoon of Lost Ships. Um, and what's interesting about that, just as a side note fact here, is um, when they went and filmed that, they not only found the ships, but they found that some of them were still full with bodies to, to kind of go back to your point that those are the final resting grounds of, of some of these people. Um, how many, it's, it's not super clear. But this prompted the Japanese at that time to go and, and do uh, a recovery um, to give those soldiers, those sailors, a, a proper burial. So it's really, I mean, it's it's diving in history is something that's really interesting, and it's it's also something that you know you can actually go down and see um, how some of these ships were actually sunk. Uh, right? You, there's one where you can actually see where the torpedo hit the ship. Right? You, there's all these things for things, and so I think there's a double-edged sword. It's it's not just that it's you know, cool and look at it, it's such a cool dive. It's also um, historical and reverent over what happened there. Um, and it's something that only scuba divers can see. I mean, uh, people can see pictures of it, but only scuba divers can experience that. Um, and it's, it's that history as it was, you know, it sank in the same spot it did when it sank, right? Whatever, the, wherever those, those wrecks sank um, and those ships sank. And so, yes, there's been coral and obviously uh, erosion over time with the salt water, and and unfortunately, you know, diving sometimes if uh, can can have an effect on those sites as well. But I think it's such a cool um, and incredibly um, reverent uh, experience to go and, and see that and, and to pay um, you know a visit to those those sites and and see them through the eyes that you should, which is not just you know how do I consume this, but how do I actually understand it and respect those sites? So I think that's a really cool one on both our lists. We probably spent way too much time on truck lagoon. Oh, we should I don't just, think, you know, get on a plane tomorrow and yeah, go. I know, right. I know. And, and you, you know, you got to think, um, I I've heard of some people talking about this, but to be able to imagine if you, if you served on one of those ships, you made it out, and you became a diver and you came back and you were able to dive it. I mean, um, I, I think that would be a pretty crazy experience. Um, I don't know, maybe if some of those people would want to just because of how they were left to the ship. But um, I'm sure it's it's got to be a, a wild experience for some people. But um, so since I guess we both have the same one, are you going to go on your next one or should I go? Or was that your next one? Like, how, how should we move forward on this? <laughs> Now you go ahead or yeah, sure. I'll go, I'll go next. That's fine. Okay. So truck lagoon, we both had on our list. I'll go next. Um, so, uh, next on my list is, um, the Philippines. And I say that very broadly because the Philippines is, um, is humongous. But for me, um, I want to Island hop. Uh, there are so many sites, uh, you know, I, I can't even get into, 
uh, this site and that site. And, you know, there's one called the drop off that just sounded amazing. Um, but for me, diving in the Philippines is about island hopping. And beyond that, um, for me, it's, it's really interesting. I've traveled a lot in, uh, Southeast Asia and I love, that's probably my favorite part of the world is Southeast Asia. And there's a reason maybe, uh, genetically for that or whatever culturally for, uh, for me, um, it's funny. I am, um, uh, part Filipino and I have never been to the Philippines and, uh, it's so funny. I've been, you know, to Thailand, I've been to Malaysia, I've been to Singapore, I've been, um, you know, all over the place there, Vietnam, you name it. Um, and not on diving trips. These were all work related trips. Um, but, surprisingly I've never been to the Philippines and I would really like to go. And as I've become a dad, um, you know, my heritage, although it was not really, I was, uh, what's the best way to explain this? Uh, because my dad wasn't around, um, my biological father wasn't around for me growing up. I was never really connected to that side of my heritage of my, um, of the Filipino side because my mom is not Filipino. Um, and so she, uh, she's not a flip. And so she <laughs> doesn't have that. <laughs> so I wasn't raised as culturally as Filipino, but I am Filipino. And, and in fact, it, it shows. And, um, you know, my mom, uh, this sounds not to, sorry, mom, not to call you out, but she was worried about me being, as she put it at the time, mixed, um, and, and in, you know, very, um, white. And, and I think we've talked about this very briefly before, but, um, but I was, I never felt like there was racism towards me um, until looking back, you realize that you didn't know what you didn't know at the time. And so, yeah, I was different and was treated as such. Uh, I just, I never saw myself as Filipino. So as I've become a dad, it's become more important to me to try and connect to that side of my heritage because I've passed that down. Right. And, and my girls don't know anything about that because I'm not raising them as uh, you know, part of that culture. So um, this one has a little bit less to do with the diving. Um, I mean, I'd like to go to the Philippines period um, and see, you know, where um, my, you know, grandmother and grandfather would have come from and all of that. Um, but, uh, but obviously diving is incredible in the Philippines and I would want to island hop, um, you know, as much as I possibly can dive the Philippines and get connected to my heritage here. I mean, uh, you're, what could be better <laughs> in my <laughs> mind? Like, and I'll, and the food, I mean, you know, uh, I love Filipino food and, um, have for, for a long time to my mom's credit to make sure she's not <laughs> under the bus here, but to my mom's credit, she, um, you know, had, uh, did her best to, to try and engage in, um, you know, activities for me around other, with other Filipino families, uh, there were only three, I think, where I was around. So, so we were, there was the three of, but I always got invited to the things that they went and did. And um, as a part of their, uh, you know, treated as a part of their family, which is a very Filipino cultural thing. Um, and so I had some of it, but I, again, I wasn't raised in it. I, I don't understand it deeply. And I'd love to, to get back in touch with that. Maybe that's what happens as you get older is you, that becomes more important. Um, but diving the Philippines would be an incredible thing for me because it, it checks off, you know, not only the diving is incredible and there's so many sp spots I'd want to go see, but that connection, um, back to my roots in some ways. And, um, I think would be an incredible trip for me. So that's, that's high on my list. Um, I'm not sure if that would be a solo trip or if that, if I would want to take my girls when they get older so that we could all experience that together and then, go die by myself and send them home. I don't know how that would all work, but, um, but certainly on my list and, and high on the list in terms of things that I want to do in my life. Um, you know, just beyond even just the diving side of it. Cool. Uh, well, quick couple of quick questions there. Uh, you said flip. Yes. Is yes. That, and no. Is that <laughs> you said flip? Is that like your nickname for it? Or is that a nickname for Filipinos? Did, did you flip, right? 
that's a insider thing. Yeah, you're you're uh, you flip or not? Um, <laughs> like, like I don't know if everyone uses it, but my my friends who are also Filipino will call other people flips. Uh, oh, okay, I've actually yeah, never heard cultural. that term. I've never heard that term. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, and and other random question: Do you know? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I, you said your your father wasn't around, but do you know the area um, of where he may, might be from? So it's it's really funny um, that you asked that. I do, but before I answer that, there's a story that comes with this, which is um, fascinating in a lot of ways. That my grandmother, who I ended up connecting with in life, um, you know, at some point um, before she passed when I was 17, and so I never really got um, to to understand deeply but she made a dish which was called um it's called ponset which is basically like i always describe it to my uh more uh, american food relation would be like filipino spaghetti um or if you know it's filipino chow mein or lo mein like it's that dish right it's it's rice noodles um and she made that dish and i remember it a little bit growing up and she made it always with tomatoes, freshly sliced tomatoes on top. And uh, fascinatingly enough, that is not a standard preparation of that dish. And so she, um, that gave me a clue as to where we might be from and the way that she prepared that dish. It's, it's the tomatoes were only used in a certain region, certain village, quote unquote. So I went and did my research a little bit, not to bore you with all the research that happened. Um, where we're from, not just based on the tomatoes, <laughs> based on, <laughs> I think we did Ancestry and 23andMe, but that was the first clue before those things were available, was the upper Luzon. Uh, so Manila, the capital of the Philippines, is, is basically on the bottom of the Luzon region. Where we're from is in the upper, um, the north um, eastern side, or I'm sorry, northwestern side. Of that it's often called the 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 rice bowl, um, or it's really the fertile ground where all the rice is grown in the Philippines. But up in in that area is where um, we were, where I think I believe I'm originally from. Um, up in Vigan, I think is the is the area in uh, upper the northern west side of Luzon is where my family uh, originally came from. That's where I'd like to go visit. Uh, first, obviously, cool. uh, I'd like to see Manila. I'd like to see other parts of it. No, that's that's awesome, man. The Thrilla in Manila was not a fight with uh, George George Foreman back in the day. George Foreman, Muhammad Ali. Um, no, that's awesome, and that's cool too. Because definitely, uh, you know, speaking from from my experience, I definitely know not not the Philippines, but you go to somewhere like Thailand and they're known for their certain types of dishes and how they prepare things. Um, there's actually a restaurant here in Austin. Uh, can't think of the name of it right now, but they actually, um, his style of cooking is from the Northern side of Thailand. Like, you know, you have a lot of people that go into the Thai restaurants and, you know, you have your, your basic stuff, but, um, he, he really, um, gears his cooking towards his grandmother's style of cooking, which is in the Northern part of Thailand, which is, um, not the normal when people think of eating Thai food, it's not the normal type dishes. It's very different. And he keeps it very authentic from what I hear. I haven't really experienced, um, much food up in the Northern. I've, I've been to, uh, Chiang Mai, but other than that, um, which also I've had some of my favorite, probably one of my favorite Thai food dishes is from there. Um, cow soy, if you ever get a chance, uh, really amazing. There's a couple areas in Austin that serve it. Um, but no, that's awesome that you were kind of able to start piecing things together and then formulate things like that. That's, that's awesome. Um, and to be quite honest with you, it's not on my list that I have today, but definitely the Philippines is on my list of places to visit. Cause I have actually never been. And, uh, another little, little fun fact. Um, I think some of you listeners out there, if you remember, or if you know me, um, I did my dive master internship, um, in Indonesia, but 
the first choice I had was a place in the Philippines. It was, I think it's called Marine Conservation Philippines. Uh, and I re was researching and I was like, man, I've never been to the Philippines. What a great way to introduce myself, go out there and do, um, a couple month internship with this conservation project. Uh, and the only reason why it didn't happen was because, uh, when I, when I reached out to them, they only, they would, they would only do two dive masters at a time. And they were basically like, oh, we're, we're booked until like July or something. And, and I had to be back in the States by July and they're like, you can come in July. And I was like, Oh, it's not going to be able to happen. So I went to my second choice, which I do not regret at all. And it was, it was back and forth between these two places. And I'm really glad where I went. I, I went and spent, um, my time in it's an Island called Bunakin, but no, uh, Philippines, same thing. It's, it's in the coral triangle. I mean, that's, that's, a. Uh, Anywhere you go in the coral triangle, triangle is going to be amazing diving. Philippines is right there. It's it's a bunch of islands. Uh, I've I've regretted that it's taking me so long. So hey, maybe we can actually go out there together and we could experience our first flip trip. Maybe we can call that the flip trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Daniel, uh, can you get the check? checkbook out we need we need to we need to make our way to the philippines um but no too there there's also a, a couple Flip of trip. yeah <laughs> um there i believe too there's also a lot of uh you know we we were kind of speaking about wrecks earlier i believe there's a lot of wrecks in the philippines there's some really cool wrecks and um i might be wrong um but there is somewhere in the philippines I'll have to research this a little bit more, uh, but there's a place in the Philippines where you can go. I believe it's a lake and you can go in there where there is um, insane amounts of jellyfish, but they don't sting you. So people will go and swim with these jellyfish and they won't get stung. And I almost want to say it's in a freshwater lake. I'll have to look more into that. Um, when I find that answer, maybe I'll, I'll post up on the the Facebook group or something um, just because I heard about it and I was like, man, that seems absolutely awesome. And um, it's one of those trips where I really want to go. But when, when I like to travel to these places, I'm not the guy that just, you know, does the 10 day trip and fly in two days to get there, spend six days there. And then, you know, two days back, I'm like, man, I really have to go and, and spend a lot of times because some of these places, like, especially like the Philippines, it's like you fly in and then that Island you want to get to, there's only two boats a day that go there or it's very, you know, logistically not super easy to get there. And, and those are the types of trips that I love. So I was like, man, whenever I do make it to the Philippines, it has to be at minimum like a one month trip just so I can experience around. And, and, uh, yeah, I've just been re especially when, once you become a diver and you start kind of looking into the Philippines, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff to see out there. So, um, I, I back that one. I definitely back the Philippines. I think that would be absolutely amazing to go. Um, I actually don't know much about Filipino food, so I'll have to look more into that. Um, because just any same thing, Southeast Asia is always, um, first destination I ever want to go anytime I'm about to hop on a plane. And, uh, um, so I love, just love any types of Asian dishes or anything like that. So I'll have to look more into, uh, some Philippine, maybe, maybe there's a good spot in Austin we can go check out. I haven't found it yet, but yeah, the Filipino food's incredible. I mean, it's it's interesting because all the regions there in Southeast Asia have similar ingredients yeah. for the most part, right? Um, and they have similar cooking styles. So those are really the two things that can that can affect a dish, right? But when you think about the Philippines, they're one, they're a whole bunch of islands, so surrounded by the sea. And so you get more of the the, the like fish sauce and um, shrimp paste and, and more of that seafare. But then the Philippines were also conquered like a lot of Southeast Asia, but were originally uh, conquered by the Spanish and the Spanish brought over pork. And so there's a lot more pork based dishes um, in the Philippines, but there's some incredible dishes and uh, in general, I would say, and this is a huge generalization. I'm probably going to get fried on, uh, <laughs> on all the comments on this episode, but in general, um, Filipino food is a little bit more vinegary 
So you, you might have a very similar dish, like, you know, for example, um, you know, uh, pad thai in Thai food, maybe is a little more sweet with the, the palm sugar or can be as typically. If you compare that noodle dish, maybe the similar noodle dish is, is punsit in um, the Philippines is a little bit more vinegary rather than sweet. So I think that, you know, you, you can compare and contrast. Um, but if, if I was to make a massive generalization, that would be the, <laughs> the massive generalization on Filipino food is um, it, it tends to be a little bit more vinegar based uh, and has some different ingredients that you won't find in other Southeast Asian um, areas because of what the Spanish brought with them, the conquistadors, when they, they conquered, quote unquote, the, and became a Spanish um, part of the Spanish empire. And All right, uh, so uh, that's number four. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, so um, oddly enough, I've noticed I, I have met quite a few uh, people from the Philippines and, and a lot of them will actually have uh, Spanish last names. Um, it's very common over there, which I always thought was kind of weird because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but, you know, I just got a, a great idea uh, thrown out, thrown it out there for producer Daniel. Um, so we're the, we're under the flag of fish dive surf, but I feel like it should be fish dive surf food and we should be on a food podcast as well. Cause we keep reverting to these dishes and food getting me hungry over here, man. I talk about food. I could probably talk about food as much as I talk about diving. <laughs> yeah, man, there's some, there's some great, uh, there's some great food out there too. I mean, that's, that's maybe we need to do a whole episode on just dive trips in general, but that's part of the beauty of a dive trip, right? Is that it's not just like a, a boat picks you up and from your house and then you're at the dive site, there's, <laughs> there's travel involved in it. Um, and so the experience of that is everything, you know, it's yeah. not just the, you know, the, the diving, it's the food, it's the culture, it's, you know, the, depending on where you, where you're staying, it's, all of it, um, you know, gets baked into a dive trip because it's not like even when you're on a dive trip that you're under the water for eight hours a day and then you, you know, go to the hotel and uh, eat a power bar and go to bed and do it <laughs> do the next thing, right? So, I mean, you're going out to dinner, you're you're having breakfast, you're um, experiencing a lot of those things that aren't necessarily just under the water. And, and so dive trips aren't just about what you're observing under the water. They're also about the experience you're having on the surface. Um, and I think that's amazing. Maybe we need to do a whole another episode on just dive trips in general, but, um, no, but yeah, sure. I love what you're saying and um, all that. No, I agree too. Cause uh, that's actually probably one of my favorite, favorite things of traveling is trying the local cuisine. Um, if, uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go into this little tidbit of food for a second here. Um, but, uh, when I was traveling, have you ever seen the show, uh, somebody feed Phil? Have you, have you ever watched that show on Netflix? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. So, uh, when, when I was traveling in Chiang Mai, actually this, this guy, he's like, man, you gotta go, you gotta go with me to this place. It was this couple actually super cool couple. And we walk down these side streets and we end up in this restaurant and, you know, you're, you're used to eating in places in the States and, you know, they have certain, you know, health code standards that they meet, you know, and you walk into this place and, and like, literally you see like live chickens running around. It's in like a concrete floor, just the type of place, like, you know, your everyday normal Americans would be like, no. And he's like, man, no, you got to try this. And that was actually the first time I had cow soy. And it's a place that's been there forever. And it was two dollars a bowl, and it was just, just massive bowl. And and he the the the, the restaurant is actually featured in somebody feed Phil. And literally right before he walks in, his thing's like, I'm about to change your life. And then they go in, and literally one of those places where I ended up going back like three days in a row, just because. Um, that's why another thing I love about Southeast Asia is for like two dollars you can get the biggest amount of food and just be absolutely fed. And, but either way, I think we're on a diving podcast, so I should move on. Uh, <laughs> um, All right, so so the Philippines was number five on my list. So now you're you. What's number five on your list? Okay, uh, number five. So same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of a tidbit 
Um, and this is actually something that I've really, really, uh, I've never been to this region, but I also want to do this. So uh, I want to go to, it's known as the Sardine Run. So the Sardine Run in South Africa is one of the most phenomenal annual events you can experience. During the months of June and July, the lar- largest animal aggregations on our planet takes place. It happens when thousands of ocean predators and birds chase billions of sardines. So, um, one, I've never been to South Africa. I've always um, kind of had a fascination and wanted to go there um, just because I've, when um, I was living in Colorado, I've actually met a lot of people from South Africa and I was just like, man, this seems like kind of like a cool place to go. Um, but the sardine run, it's kind of cool because, um, and, and it's one of those dives too, that you might not even, you know, just like with anything in nature, you might go out and dive and you might not see this, but if you ever get a chance, just kind of Google some videos. I think they even have something on, on blue planet because, um, massive amounts of sardines just travel from the South and they move up the East coast into the North. And with all these sardines just traveling, it brings out all these massive predators. Um, So you can see uh, there's dolphins, there's uh, Cape fur seals, there's shark, there's whales. And then one really, really cool thing um, that they're, I think they're called Cape gannets. Um, They're birds. And these birds will actually dive down. Um, I want to say I saw, I don't think it's necessarily, it's in the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Gannet, gannet. I have no idea. Um, but these birds can dive quite deep. Um, and I think the northern gannet can dive up to like 70, 80 feet or something in water. Could you imagine that just being in the water and just there's a bird next to you? Um, but it's it's cool. If you've ever seen um, these sardines, they'll they'll get into what I think it's called like a feeding ball or something. They get into a ball and they're just swirling around and then these birds will come down and then these dolphins and these whales, you know, a whale can eat hundreds of thousands of them in a minute. I believe that the number might be completely wrong. But um, if you ever get a chance, just kind of look, uh, uh, do some research on it and, and you will see some amazing footage of this place. And it goes on for a couple of months which is really cool. And granted, you might kind of have to chase it, but um, there's definitely been some specials on it. And, you know, some people even will say it's the world's most spectacular marine event. It's just super, super cool. Um, and then also too, like I said, with uh, South Africa, it's just kind of a destination that um, I, I just have wanted to go to for some reason, Cape Town, um, Johannesburg, uh, you know, Um, but I just think that it would be an absolutely amazing dive. Just, I love seeing big predator type, you know, marine life in the water and then just to see them on a feeding frenzy and then maybe to be on that dive and then see, oh, there's a bird right next to me. (laughs) Just be like, oh, that's kind of, didn't expect to see that. Um, but yeah, definitely do your research. Would you bring a loaf of bread with you to feed the bed (laughs) bird? I mean. Um, hopefully yeah, I can don't catch feed the birds. Hopefully I can catch a sardine and hand feed the bird. But no, it's 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 a really really cool um, just event in general. And then just to be able to to witness some of these because you know um, in some of these videos that you watch, you could see you know the shark and then the seal and then the bird and then the dolphin just all within minutes of each other. And I think that would just be. Um, absolutely absolutely amazing amazing experience so uh the sardine run south africa that is going to be number five on my list amazing yeah that sounds great i mean um that the uh you're really attracted i'm noticing to the seeing the marine life that's more oh, of yes. the, the one of the bigger attractions for you huh yeah yeah and if you actually if if you remember we, we made a little joke about it, but I, I always said I want to see things bigger than me in the water. I want to see, you know, the massive shark, the massive. And then I think you made a joke. You've never seen a big guy in the water? And I'm like, actually, I have. <laughs> um, but no, I do because to, to me, it's it's just, uh, um, you know, it's it's. I, I don't think it's like I'm not a big fan of zoos, Um it's an area where you can see a lot of different types of animals, but I'm more into, you know, born free. I don't want to see anything trapped in a cage. 
Um, but I just think it would be cool to see these spectacular events. You know, I've always, I've never been in the water with a great white shark, but I, I feel like it would be compared to being in the woods with a bear, just something like more powerful. Like, you know, we are, you know, we, we, we quote, we're the top of the food chain or whatnot, but like to have that feeling, go in the water with a shark, just see something massive. You know, um, one of my goals is to see a whale shark. Um, you know, people, people think about sharks, get nervous. I'm like, I want to see all the sharks. Give me all the sharks. I want to see all of them. Whale shark, just to, just to see something like that and, and realize how small you are in the, 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 just the big picture, you know, we're nothing. And just to see these animals that can just, you know, one, I'm jealous because you live under the water, you stay under the water, you're down there all the time. I, I spend maybe an hour at a time in the water. And then just to see nature in its its natural habitat, you know, just like, oh man, these things are feeding and then they go off into the distance. But no, I am very, very big. I definitely want to see the the life in the water and and just ex- have that experience because the the couple times i have i'm just left in awe like absolutely left in awe when we we're talking about when i was talking about raja ampat earlier being in the water with 15 mantas i will remember that for the rest of my life i will be chasing that dive for the rest of my life that feeling that you have and then just to see this this event happening you know in front of your eyes would just be absolutely amazing so Sorry, I'll 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 stop ranting awesome. now. Well, yeah, no. To play on your theme, like uh, for me, a lot of mine are not in the animal realm, but my last one, in part, is. So here's number six for me. Um, I just wrote down Australia, but but it's a lot more than that. Um, part of the reason for Australia for me is I do want to do a cageless great white shark dive. Uh, I just think. That would be, I, I dove with the bull sharks. Um, that was an incredible dive. Um, but diving with a great white, um, just with all the the cultural buildup of what a great white is and all of these things and um, to get in the water with, with a creature like that would be an incredible part. And of course, you can do that in other parts of the world that are not Australia. But part of my Australia uh, reasoning was for that, particular experience i would love to experience that and i'm i'm totally down to do that uh dive i think it would be just an incredible dive um i also have australia on my site uh there's the obvious reasons of the great barrier reef i haven't seen it i'd love to see that um you can spend weeks and weeks months and months diving that and still not see uh see everything but what really drives me to australia is is the great white and um and is actually new south wales which is um, Southwest Rocks is home to the most extensive cave dive system in um, the Southern Hemisphere. So I would love to go and dive New South Wales, um, dive Southwest Rocks. Uh, and also, of course, Australia is big. So this is a, a multiple <laughs> moving around trip. It's not just show up in Australia. You get to do it all. But um, doing the the Great White um, you know, dive would be incredible. And then obviously... If you're there, you got to go see the Great Barrier Reef if you haven't seen it before. So I'd love to go see pieces of that. So Australia is my my final one on my list. I, on top of all that, I loved, I spent, I was probably for a month or a month and a half um, in Sydney and just fell in love with Australia. I mean, you know, we were taking a boat to go here or there uh, in that bay. It's just incredible in Sydney. And, uh, and really just loved Australia, fell in love with it in that trip and, um, and got a chance to go back, uh, you know, a year or two later and, and spend time there. Um, and so Australia is high on my list of just places. We went and hiked the, the, the Blue Mountains, which was incredible and um, did all kinds of experiences. So just really loved being there. And, and talk about your love for burgers. Um, that was one of the funny things of being in Australia was asking, okay, well, what is australian food and don't answer kangaroo like what's australian food like what's unique here that you guys are doing and one of the answers was um you know an aussie burger which was basically a cheeseburger but they put what they called beetroot which we just call beets uh they put um beet on top of the burger and at first i was like really like that's huh. the thing um and sometimes a fried egg on top of it and i have to say it was it was amazing um, I really enjoyed it, and I have added beets to my 
homemade burgers here, um, you know, cheeseburgers. Uh, there's a little sweet with the, your savory, you know, cheese and burger. And um, depending on what you put on it, right, uh, it was it's a nice little sweet note. It's kind of like, you know, an alternative to ketchup. So a beetroot burger is an Aussie burger or a version of an Aussie burger and was really delicious. So uh, I wouldn't mind going back and having one of those on the food side. Um, but yeah, that would be an incredible um, dive trip to, to head back to Australia and to be able to do those things. No, that's awesome. I, uh, I've all actually diving as well, but Australia has definitely been on the bucket list of places that I would just love to visit. Um, when I was younger, I, I living again in Colorado, um, I met a lot of Australians and I don't know, it, maybe you can tell me, um, I don't know, maybe it was just a thing that they did, but there, 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 is there an actual, it's called Australia day. I guess it maybe be like our, our independence day. Do you know about that or no? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you? Okay. So, uh, um, but yeah, I just, Aussie remember, day. Aussie, okay. Yeah. So I just remember, um, um, you know, I was like, man, these guys just get hammered on Australia day. Like what is this? <laughs> um, but no, definitely. Um, it's, it's definitely been on the bucket list for a long time. Obviously you get into diving, even if you're not into diving, most people just know about the great barrier reef. Um, I'm actually very curious, very, very curious to see, um, and try an Aussie burger. Maybe you can, maybe you can make us, uh, one at some point in time, just cause I'm, I'm very curious beetroot or beets never thought about having that, but that actually sounds kind of cool. Um, but yeah, same. I think that kind of just hits the, the, the checks, the boxes off for me as well. As far as actually, I don't know if the water is warm. I would assume it's warm. I'm not a hundred percent, not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the amount of things you could probably see in Australia, I think would be absolutely, absolutely cool. Um, just, um, have not been there, but maybe, maybe I can make it there in the next, next couple of years. Um, just cause I've definitely, uh, definitely have wanted to go there for quite a while so cool nice australia awesome well that's my number six let's, All right. let's move to your number six where's your finale here uh my finale i mean i should have started with this and then ended with my favorite which was raja Ampat. but um so uh some people call this the underwater garden of eden um and this kind of checks off a lot of different boxes as far as history um, as far as things to see in the water, but um, I really, really want to go to the Red Sea. I really would love to go and dive the Red Sea. I just think that part of the world um, has piqued my interest. I mean, who hasn't seen pictures of the pyramids? Um, you know, who hasn't seen just things that that part of the world holds so much history and um, just the dive dive sites that I've seen there is absolutely amazing. Um, and there's speaking of wrecks too, that's another, another box checked off is the, I think it's called the SS Thistlegrim. Um, I, uh, if uh, their pictures are all the time up on the internet or up on social media, but you can go down there and there's, um, this thing got sunk. You could see motorcycles in there, trucks. Um, it's not, a super deep dive. So I think you can get to it recreationally. Um, but just that the whole part, everything about the red sea just kind of piques my interest. I don't know why I just think maybe of that part of the world. Um, and another little fun fact, um, about that place is, um, it's actually some of the highest salinity in the world. So it's going to be saltier than other places. Um, and, uh, I remember some, at one point someone showed me a video and, uh, I've seen dolphins in the water. I've never actually swam with dolphins or dove with dolphins, been diving with dolphins, I should say. Um, but these dolphins were coming up and just playing another super friendly, um, type area, you know, just our, our type marine animal, I just think would be super cool. But, um, I think that's another place kind of like your, your Australia or Philippines is I would love to go there and actually do a lot of traveling on land and then obviously incorporate a, a dive trip, maybe do a live aboard or something there. But just the, from, from what I've seen, um, uh, I definitely has been on the top, probably obviously top six of my list for quite a while. Um, but you know, um, and then I want to say, I think there's a, there's a couple blue holes, but I want to say there's a blue hole. I don't know if it's in the red sea, but I believe it's in the red sea. Um, and that's a, that's another dive destination. Uh, 
for me, which, you know, can kind of check off that, that red sea list or whatnot. So, but yeah, those are, those are my six right there. So, uh, um, I'm, uh, pretty excited. I feel like the, I feel like just like you, the list could go on and on and on. I could probably sit here and talk for hours about the different dive sites I would love to go to. But if you have noticed, most of it is warm water diving. So you, you, if you, if you know me, you know, <laughs> I want to go to the warm water sites, except for the Galapagos and uh, British Columbia, which I will make that trip at some point. So I have to ask with, with the Red Sea, um, you know, just because it's timely, uh, have you been watching that, you know, finishing that new Marvel series, Moon Knight? Is that, is that I, what inspired you to No, to no, go? I actually have not. I, you know, I, I love the Marvel movies, but then I kind of just get like burnt out on them. And, um, and so I have not seen them. I actually have not caught up on any of the new Marvel stuff. I think the last one I, um, I actually can't even remember the last one. I, I've been very bad because I know that there was like the Captain America, the Wanda, Spider-Man, like all this stuff. But I have not. But notice, it, does it take place in the Red Sea? Uh, in Egypt. So oh, I was okay. wondering if you're, okay. if you're, uh, it's more Egyptian based, Egyptian lore, which is fascinating. I've, I've only watched a, a couple of them. I think it came out a, a while ago and, and, uh, you can binge watch them all now. So, uh, but yeah, I was just curious cause uh, uh, okay, I know you're, you're okay. a fan of Marvel and the connection to the Red Sea, but no, that's amazing. I mean, I've heard Red Sea is an incredible place, um, to go diving and, and, uh, and, and also set up for it. So, um, I'd love to see that as well. And man, I, again, I could just copy your list and then I've got a top 12 list right there. Which is good to go. <laughs> well, top 11, right? Well, this is top 11, yeah, right? Top 11. top 11, right? Um, but no, just the, the, the history in that part of the world, it's probably the most history in the world, dare I say. Not um, a cradle of civilization. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's, it's definitely um, just, you know, to, to have a trip like that to just kind of go see the historical side because i mean we've all seen pictures of the pyramids so it's like to be able to go and, and witness the pyramids and then and then go and like oh do these amazing dives and then go see some more historical stuff and um yeah i just think it would be absolutely amazing so one of these one of these days uh um um we're i'm really pushing for for Dan producer Daniel to give us our own fish dive surf dive table credit cards. Um, so we can just start booking these trips, you know? So D Daniel, please, please jump on that as soon as possible. I think they have a dollar. Limit, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> you can have the credit card, but uh, it's all, it's all about the Probably. limit. <laughs> I'm, Probably. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, awesome. Well, let's wrap this one up. Um, so this has been part two of our desert island dives, um, six places that Nick and I want to see. Well, I guess we got to 11 because uh, Truck Lagoon was uh, was on both of our lists. So, um, But, yeah, we, we uh, really enjoyed this. And we want to hear your story. What are your desert island dives? Uh, what are the places that you would want to go? And I think, uh, obviously, we can come back and do some more of these because this is fun. Um, so – if you enjoyed this episode out there and you want to be a part of our community, um, there's room for you. Please come join us. Uh, go to thedivetable.com. You can join uh, one of our dive clubs, exclusive and inclusive. Uh, so we really encourage you to do that. It helps us keep the show running. Um, helps keep Nick and I going. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't pay for any of these trips. I wish it would, but uh, but not yet. Uh, and so please uh, join a club. We really appreciate our club members and um, exclusive content uh, for you and things like that. Um, you can subscribe to our mailing list. You can say howdy, send us an email, send us a, a voice message. Um, we'd love to hear those. Uh, you can also subscribe to a podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And then finally, if you can send this link um, to a dive buddy, to your dive team or to someone you know, your scuba instructor, um, that helps us out. Any parting last thoughts there, Nick? Um, just one. Uh, I just want to let the viewers out there know that uh, if you did not know that there are more planes in the ocean than there are submarines in the sky. Wow, that was <laughs> profound. <laughs> Love my dad jokes. 
Oh man, yes. I might be fired. Uh, so no, if I, don't, I guess it depends on your definition of yeah, submarine. If I if I don't uh, get if I might be fired after this, so it was nice knowing y'all. I'm sure Daniel's gonna cut me off after that joke. Yeah, that's like saying there are more rocks in the lake than there are in your bathtub. <laughs> Things you should know. Uh, that's funny. Hopefully, I hope that's true for ninety nine 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 percent of people out there. <laughs> There's somebody out there who's just like, no, my my bathtub is full of rocks. For what if reason. it's a bathtub made uh, of rocks? <laughs> well, there, there you go. Uh, see, you're finding chinks in my uh, um, my armor here. All right, well, good. Well, thank you out there for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the next episode of the Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.